Everyone. Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Um, today we are here at Salon Jaeger with Jen and Chris, the co-owners of the salon um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. So welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so here. much for having us. So have you guys, do you listen to podcasts? Occasionally, yeah. Do you? Yeah. What is your favorite? Like, what do you usually listen to? Uh, you know, I flip through industry ones, just there's a variety of ones. I don't, I don't say I'm, I can't say I'm addicted to anyone in particular. Yeah. Are you guys binge watching any shows right now? Uh, yeah. There's just that one show. You're not talking about a podcast. You're talking about TV. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We watch This Is Us. Oh that's, my gosh. That's Same. our show. Addicted, and I couldn't yeah. start watching this season. We seriously last week finally were like, all right, we're gonna do it because I was pregnant when I was watching it last year with yeah. Finley, and I just cried every single episode and you have to start from the beginning yeah yeah exactly it was like horrible but we did just start watching it i cried in the beginning because our family's like really big steelers fans so we have that connection grew up in pittsburgh so like the franco harris like the opening scene i was like i was just a mess my husband's like nothing's even happened yet like what is wrong with you but yeah we love this is us too um so jen you are a tennessee school of beauty graduate so i want to hear about how you got started in the industry so where were you at when you decided to go to beauty School. So I actually, um, out, straight out of high school, graduated early and um, went out to the University of Utah. I was going to be a biology major and um, started school out there. And I actually loved it. Um, it's it quite the adventure. I got, um, I guess, hours-wise into my junior year. And Chris and I had been dating for a while and we got married. So I took a semester off to, um, to get married and do all that stuff. And then uh, never went back. <laughs> I, I did some soul searching and thinking about. It. I thought, you know, as much as I love science, um, and I still do, I love being with people more. And so I thought, you know, I've always wanted to do hair. I've always loved the beauty industry. And so I actually enrolled in, in cosmetology school while we were living out in Utah, and um, and found out like a week after I enrolled that I was pregnant with our first son. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I called the school and said, "How does this work? Can I take time off, like to have a kid?" And they were like, "No." <laughs> you can't. And so I, I um, backed out of that and had our son. And then about oh, a year later, we ended up moving to Tennessee. My family's all here. And Chris was um, wanting to finish up his degree. He uh, finished up at the University of Tennessee in psychology. And so um, we moved here. And uh, my grandmother, actually, both my grandmothers were hairstylists. Aww. But my one grandmother approached me while we were here. And she said, you know, I know you've really loved this industry. Um, it was one of the best things I've ever done in my life, and I really want to see you do it. I'd, you know, if you need help, I'd like to help you loan you the money, whatever you need to see you, um, you know, do this, complete this goal of yours. And so that's how I ended up at Tennessee School of Beauty. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So your psychology background has to help you oh, somewhat yes. yeah. in this. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So you aren't coming in completely unprepared. I no, feel like that no, has to help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, you know... Uh, dealing with people, it, it's a uh, it's a big bonus. Um, I really like to have all of our employees take a personality test. I don't have them take it before they're hired. I have them take it afterwards. Okay. Um, because I feel like if people are taking it before, they're just going to try to tell you the answers they want to hear. No, it's um, smart. And we don't want all the same personality type here, anyways. And so um, 
I use a um, an online um, uh, just an online website called 16personalities.com. It's all based off the Myers Briggs um, stuff. I feel like the the way they present it is really nice, and it just kind of helps me know how to approach different people and how to help them grow best. I might approach one stylist much differently than I approach another stylist um, when it comes to um, setting goals um, or having to, you know, discipline, unfortunately, at times. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll approach things completely differently just to, just based on their personality types. Yeah, I love that. So you're not, like I said, you're not coming into this industry completely blind. <laughs> and we'll talk about this in a little bit about how you got kind of roped into this or pulled oh, into yeah. this as yeah, well. absolutely. Um, into this industry. But so you graduated Tennessee School of Beauty um, and then you went on into your career. So where did you go from there? Um, what did you do? How long were you in the industry before Salon Yeager happened? Um, it, you know, it, it's a colorful story. So I graduated, uh, went to work in a big salon in town and um, with continuing education, which was wonderful. And I would say I worked there for probably five-ish years. And we had our second son. And I had all intentions of going back to work when he was six weeks old. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing that we can plan for in life is to plan for change because our, our plans are going to get disrupted by life. Um, so when he was born, we found out he had a heart condition. And we were kind of thrown into this whirlwind of how do we deal with this? And he had surgery at two days old. And so, oh yeah, and so I delayed that going back to work till he was eight weeks old. Um, and financially, I needed to go back to work. But uh, mentally, I wasn't there when I returned to work. I just, I, needed, I wanted to be home with my baby. I needed to be at doctor's appointments. And so um, worked real hard to save up. And when he was six months old, I left the industry. Um, to, to be home and be a mom and uh, stayed home with him. We had our third son. Um, he, by the way, he's 12 now. My, the one with the heart condition, he's 12 now. Surgery went great. He's like our biggest rough and tumble kid. So yeah. he's fine. <laughs> but I needed that time to, you know, focus on him. Uh, and so had our, our third son. And when he was just a few months old, we actually moved back out to Utah for a short time. We wanted to try living out there. Um, Chris's parents had gone to England and so their house was vacant. Oh wow. Yeah so we moved out there. We didn't really have anything that we were too tied into here because um, I wasn't working in the salon and Chris had finished school and so moved out there. I um, actually rented a suite out there. Did my own little thing. Um, it was fun but I didn't love it. I didn't love being in a room by myself with just a client. Mm -hmm. I like the social atmosphere being in a big salon and I like learning from other stylists seeing what they're doing and it, it pushes you to be better. And so, um, and you know, Chris ended up, you know, saying, I think I want to raise our family in Tennessee. I want to go back. And that did too. And so we, we stayed out there for about a year. Yeah. So and let came me back. ask you something, because you brought something up that I've talked to a couple people recently, and I, I did a podcast with a girl that had left the industry just kind of feeling burnt out. I know you left for obviously a different reason, but what was your experience like being away from it? Did you still always have that, like, I want to get back into it. I need to get my hands and hair, or was it kind of brought back at a later time. Uh, you know, I did miss it. I loved it. I love the industry and I missed that connection with people. Um, I knew that where I needed to be at the time was at home, but I did miss it. And um, I will say that that break from the industry was so beneficial to me as a learning experience because the first time that I entered an industry and went into a salon, I had an expectation that the salon would grow me and that that was primarily their responsibility. My, it was my responsibility second to that. Um, taking those few years off, when I went back in, I knew how to build a clientele the second time. Um, and I 
took it upon myself to do that. And I started from day one tracking every number, everything that I did, every request, every um, retail product sold. And I've created my, they have now apps for this. It's great, but we're talking like the, you know, old ages. And um, <laughs> and my, my, actually my college background was helpful because I was a whiz at, at spreadsheets, Excel. And so I created my own spreadsheet and every night I'd go home and I'd input everything that had happened that day. And I could see from month to month where I had done better in certain areas and where I needed to focus more on. And so, and I committed myself that first year to attend every event I could to build myself. Anything that was offered to me, I was gonna be there. Um, I handed out 100 cards a week to build my business. Um, I was doing free haircuts left and right just to get people in my chair. Um, so I'd have pictures to take, I'd have referrals, I'd have walking billboards. And I will say that it took me no more than a year to build a full, strong clientele. Um, and so there was that benefit of being gone. I've done it once and then gotten to go, getting to go back and do it a second time. Yeah. Um, it was a big learning experience for me. Now, you said that you went home and, like, tracked all of this stuff and you kind of felt like it was the salon's responsibility to grow you. Now, as a salon owner, do you still feel that responsibility to the new stylist or has your view kind of changed a little bit? Well, my view changed in the three years that I was off because the first go-around I felt like it was the salon's responsibility. The three-year break and going back – made me realize, and some of it's probably maturity, yeah. this age thing, but realized that it was my responsibility primarily. And um, and so I, you know, had that kind of change of thought um, my second round going into the industry. And actually, you know, after that re-entry, worked another, oh, I don't know, quite a few years. Five or five, six. Yeah, before opening. Yeah. And so definitely, um, as owners, it's our goal to build our salas as much as we can but we can work so much better as a team if we coach if i coach them what i know to be true and chris coaches them what he knows to be true and then they put it into action rather than sitting back and waiting for us to act right and so it's kind of this you know great teamwork that happens it's definitely a balance i definitely think it goes both ways you can't go into a salon you know silas right out of school can't go in promise all this education and then it doesn't happen i mean there is a responsibility from Absolutely. the salon to like stick to what they're telling you is going to happen but you have to be willing to put in that effort and to want the same things. If you're like, I don't want to, I don't know, grow and do all this stuff, you know, with this, it's not going to be a good fit and probably not going to work out. So I think that it's so beneficial for you to have both sides of that, that Absolutely. experience, like your stylists are so lucky to have you to know, like you've been there and you've been through, you've been through that as well. And you grew in that time. And it's kind of one of my favorite things. And I don't know if it was because you became mom or not, but I think that like, there is a change in people um, mm -hmm. when that happens. So for me to see Silas at like star or, you know, the students at star beauty school and then watch them, I can almost every single time guarantee a change in them. And they all switch salons sometimes right. after because they just, have grown up a little bit you know mm -hmm. it sometimes like takes that move yeah. um so I think that that's part of it too but um like I said there was somebody that was asking me recently about about taking a break and about taking time off so I think that it's something that once you're out of it you don't it doesn't necessarily have to be forever you right. know I mean there are you know seasons of life and I think that yeah. if you can take that and run with it it's at least a learning experience yeah and so. you, you know that if you take that break you're going to be starting over it you know you're clients are going to move on move to someone else and I, I did have some like find me when yeah. I returned they're like oh my gosh you're back yeah. but it, for the most part you're starting completely over yeah. and that's okay yeah <laughs> so at what point in your career did you say like I'm at a point where I can sustain a business on my own I want to open my own salon was that always a goal for you or was there a point that something clicked in you that said like I'm just open a salon 
it has always been a goal, um, but I was only willing to do it when I knew that I could um, keep that business running and make it profitable and that I had the knowledge and the education experience to do so and the partner to do so. And so um, that's why I didn't do it straight out the gate. Uh, got a lot of experience underway and of course we are a summit salon and so we've we joined the summit salon business center and got their systems in place because that's one thing that i'm that i don't have a, i don't have a business degree mm-hmm. you know and um and fortunately if beauty school were a lot longer than it is then they could probably teach all of the accounting and the payroll and all the other inventory control and all that that comes with running a business but beauty school's goal is to help you do great hair and know the the you know the state board laws and all that, um, and so a lot of times we don't come with that business knowledge. Um, so I've always, like I said, wanted to open a salon. Um, Chris actually joined on um, as a front desk coordinator at the salon that I was working at previously, and then was doing more managerial stuff. And so he had about five years experience in the industry before we opened, also, and. Um, you know, we had talked with partnering with our previous salon owners and uh, and we loved the idea of that, but it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And sometimes you, you discover that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, when we realized it wasn't meant to be, we started looking at doing it on our own. And uh, we had a couple people actually approach us, clients of mine. You know, one was an accountant, one was like did more real estate, you know, stuff like that. And they're like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this yeah. on your own? You could do it. We'll help you. And um, so the stars aligned and uh, we jumped in feet first. Uh, Maybe me kind of dragging Chris a little bit, but (laughs) me jumping in with a rope around his neck. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But I I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. And so for me, that was just a natural thing to do. You open a business. And and I saw my parents have businesses that weren't successful and we didn't die. It was amazing. We we moved on, you know, but I also saw them run businesses that were successful. And um, same with my siblings and everything. And uh, Chris grew up in with his dad working the same job, you know, a government job for his entire life. So that's a little more scary. Definitely. It's just a, a different experience. Mm-hmm. And um, but we, you know, we took the leap of faith. We really did every bit of research and preparation that we could. Yeah. Before we open, you both so. don't seem like people that are just gonna like be like, oh, let's try something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah, you seem like you like to have things in order. Yeah. Like there's a there's a way that you have to go about that. So, sure. um, so about you getting into the industry, what challenges have you faced, um, coming into this? Um, I did a whole podcast on not being in the beauty business. So I didn't go to beauty school. Um, yeah. just been at the school for six years. Fell in love with it. I mean, it yeah. one billion percent has my heart. Um, what challenges do you face? I mean. Do you think that you're lacking in any way, or is there anything that you're like, yeah, I mean, missed out? you know, there's always stuff that you can learn. I mean, I guess the one thing that I do lack is that I've never done hair, right? And so um, I don't, I don't know what it's like. They, I can recognize if there's something missing on a formula, but I don't know what it all means. Right. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it means, and they've always thought it'd be funny, you know, to try to have me cut hair on a mannequin and just video it and laugh at me, you know? I'd probably end up cutting myself. I'd probably need, like, preschool scissors, you know, to do you that. You can come in on day one of hair cutting. Yeah, okay. hey, you know what? I probably should. That would be hilarious. You and I can do it 
together. Let's do I've it. said the same yeah. thing. I have, I'm hey, so I'm down. scared I am game. to try it. <laughs> but game. I don't have to talk to people about hair the way that you do. Like, right. that's what you pick up on. And not that this industry is easy by any, any right. means, but you can kind of grasp little pieces enough oh, yeah. to get you by. Like, Absolutely. I think that doing that, I mean, when people are calling if there is like a complaint or something like that, you at least know, yeah. okay, yeah. I just need to go to the stylist and find out, you know, right. what happened. You know, what's what really happened and then you can handle the situation that right. way. Right, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, again, a guy that, you know, went to college, got a psychology degree, didn't really know what I was doing in college. I, I really wanted to build houses, you know? And so <laughs> while I was going to school, <laughs> yeah, while I was going to school, I started building a house. Oh, you really did? Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, I went and got a loan, and I started building a house. A loan I was still and, in a, school. and a book called How to Build a House. Wait, yeah. did you Could finish? You not- what happened yeah. to this project? Oh, yeah, I, I built the whole it was house. Beautiful. And- <laughs> yeah, two-story house, like, Built it, ground up. Are you serious? Sold it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was awesome, and I love building. I love being knee deep in sawdust. It works good and in the so, salon when anything breaks or needs repair. That's actually <laughs> yeah. that's so really true. amazing. Having an wall an needs to be taken man. out, right? <laughs> yeah. so, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been super beneficial. Um, and so that's that's really where my passion was. You know, I really just wanted to get involved with construction. You know. If, um, and, and fortunately, I say now, unfortunately, at the time when I started doing this house and building it, you know, that's when the market crashed. Back he in started like building 07, in 2007. And it, and 07, 08, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I'm trying to sell this, oh you know, God. house that I just built and the market just crashed, you know, and didn't yeah. make as much money as we wanted to and, and so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, we knew we needed to make some changes. I knew I needed to make some changes. And, um, and that's actually when we, uh, after uh, a little thinking and praying and stuff, we did move back to Utah. And... Um, we were there again, what, only 10 months or something like yeah. that. But what that time allowed us to do is we went to the Summit Salon Beauty College, business, uh, business College, sorry, <laughs> okay. Summit, Summit Salon Business yeah, Center. And that is really where I fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with the numbers and I fell in love with the psychology of the industry. Yeah. And also with the ability to help people grow and coach. And to be able to see that growth in others is really, really what drew me to the industry and was exciting to me. It wasn't the the doing hair yeah. and stuff like that. Now I recognize when someone has bad hair now. You right. know, I do. I recognize <laughs> that. And that. Yeah. You know, we'll be you know, we'll be sitting around and it's funny our sixteen year old son will do the same thing. <laughs> and that is a bad balayage. Yeah. <laughs> I love but, that. Um, but I think that that's exactly it. Like you can if you are a people person or if you just, I mean, it's so easy to fall yeah. in love with that side of it. Um, seeing people grow and seeing people change. Like there is such yeah. a positive and you said it too. I mean, it's that human connection yeah. that you missed when you were, Absolutely. when you were not behind the chair. And I think yeah. that if that's your motivation of why you're doing what you're doing, you will be successful. Yeah. And I yeah. think you had, he had fallen in love. If I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you had fallen in love with the industry a little bit through the previous, you know, five years or so of me being in the industry and you watching that progression oh, yeah. of, yeah, for sure. You know, of me and my be- clientele and the relationship that I'd built with them. And uh, you know, there was yeah. some connection already that you had to the industry just through our marriage. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So and, when you attended Summit, that. Summit Business Center, you were already yeah, somewhat aware one of foot it. in. But, uh, I mean, that's really what, what sealed the deal for me. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is what we need to do. And I think that we could do a, you know, a pretty cool 
good job at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys obviously are doing a very oh, good job at it. Your you. salon is amazing and <laughs> so beautiful. Um, so you all are married. You have kids, as we've talked about before. So one of the questions I want to ask you, and we get – I get students, you know, in my office that are right out of high school, some before they even graduate high school, and then I get some single moms or moms that are going through, maybe yeah. they've been stay-at-home moms, and all of a sudden that marriage isn't there anymore, and yeah. they have to do something to provide for their family. So I get to see it all. Um, what challenges do you all face? And I'll speak to both of you. Usually yeah. it's just like, well, yeah. as a working mom, but yeah. it's both of you. You know, it what is. challenges do you face raising kids and having this kind of schedule? How do you all make it work? It's, it's not easy. I would first say it's not. It's it's hard working when you have kids. That's going to be probably in any industry, you know, um, because your heart's in two places at the same time. Um, but we've done a lot of juggling. We've done a lot of, uh, you know, early on working totally opposite shifts. And so Chris and I didn't see each other a lot. And um, it that is hard in your marriage. We did have to have some help with communication because yeah. we were, you know, passing ships in the night. And um, now that we've been in this little while we can have our schedules aligned a little more we are able to have people you know running the desk whereas at first chris was doing that all the time and yeah. you know so we're freed up a little more we do have a 16 year old driver now which is beautiful yeah. <laughs> i've heard that's like a really good um point in your kid's life it's like yeah. terrifying yeah. but also yeah, so yeah. helpful Absolutely. yeah Absolutely. yeah so you just you make it work and i honestly was so worried that um i probably like ruined my kids from them having to you know grow up with with us juggling them, you know, and we we're blessed. We have family in town. So some of the juggling is just like between family members, you know, yeah. um, we paid my sister-in-law um, to watch them when they were little. And that was so helpful. But, um, I, I'm blessed because I really thought, I thought I had ruined them. I was like, they're going to never want anything to do with this lawn industry, with business, with anything. Right. And so our 16 year old said recently to us, cause we're now talking about college and yeah. futures and stuff. And so what do you want to do when you, you know, get done with high school? And he said, I want to own a business. And oh. I was floored. I was like, oh, why? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, that's amazing, that, Yeah, though. because when we opened here, that was almost four years ago. So he would have been 12. Yeah. I mean, that's a pivotal point in kids' life. That's middle school, you yeah. know? And um, and I was like, why would you want to do that? And he's like, well, that's what, that's what we do in our family. We open businesses, oh you know? Yeah. And so to, to know that, like, he actually felt good about seeing all this growth – um, they, our kids have great work ethic. They do. I think that's one of the benefits of um, seeing your parents work is that they know what hard work means and they know the value of money. Yeah. Um, our 16-year-old has started a car detailing business and, I mean, like, built his own website, did, like, flyers and business cards and, like, with his buddy. What? Bought yeah. the tools. He was yeah. setting up, like, a, a spreadsheet the other day and I was helping him input formulas to where oh he tracks, like, his income and puts sets aside savings and sets aside money to go back into, like, product purchases. And so... I think a lot of this happened from him seeing us do that at home, him being over our shoulder on our laps or whatever, you know, the kids doing that. Um, and I can't say that's a bad thing. You know, yeah. there's there's gains to be made. There's Everything's a trade-off It is. In life, and I think you know? that, like, we just definitely beat ourselves up a little more, especially yeah. if – I don't know if this is the case with you, but I have friends that are stay-at-home moms, and it's yeah. like – it's no matter what, it's going to be a hard decision to be like, nope, Absolutely. I'm going to leave for a while. You Absolutely. know, I'm going to be gone eight hours a day. I'm going to miss this time with you. I'm going to let, you know, then, you know, the person yeah. that we have watching them, it's, it's hard and it's a constant challenge and you feel that guilt, but what a reward. I mean, I would say that that has to be like 
just the biggest compliment and being like, okay, like maybe we didn't mess up. Yeah. So I think we all have that thought in the back of our head is we're not doing a good enough job ever with it, right? Like you're always like, am I doing this right with my kids? Am I doing this right? But that's yeah. amazing. Like yeah. I love hearing that. That actually gives me a little bit of motivation to keep, <laughs> keep chugging Yay. along. Like maybe we're not messing them up. Yeah. Well, my, my grandfather is a very wise man. I love him. And um, I told you my grandmother was a hairstylist. And I, he's told me all along uh, time and time again that, he said, you know, we always had what we needed with just my income. He said, I had a good job. We paid the bills. We had a nice home. He said, but when your grandma started working and taking clients, he said, from that day forward, he said, we enjoyed things as a family, the nice things in life. He said, you know, we went out to eat every week. And back then, that was a big deal, even right. more so than now. He said, we went out to eat every week. We took our kids out at, um, to eat at a nice restaurant. They knew how to behave at a restaurant. They knew how to order meals, things like that. He said, we took vacations as a family because of her income, you right. know. And not that those are the most important things in life, but those memories, that, that is cool. That does, it does allow us to do right. that. And so, I, you know, for the moms especially that have to work and their hearts are breaking, you know, do that. Take time. Like, mm -hmm. make sure that you take time away from the work from work with some of that money that you've got coming in, and spend it with your kids. We have we have single moms working for us, um, and the cool thing about this industry is they're not working sixty hours a week. They're working thirty something hours a week, mm -hmm. and you know, bringing in fifty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. You know, yeah. that's. That's not bad for working those yeah, hours, you know? Definitely. Um, and they're growing. They're continuing to grow. Um, so yeah, it all works out. Well, I get asked <laughs> that question a lot, so I'm glad we were able to touch on that with you guys. So um, what is one thing that you think separates Salon Jaeger um, from other salons in the area? What do you guys do differently? You know, I think one of the things that we really set out to create um, was just somewhere people felt comfortable. And I think that's really what sets us apart. We don't care if you are the newest stylist here or if you're our most veteran stylist here. We believe that everyone deserves to be treated with respect just because we're people. Yeah. And we, that's a, a God-given right we feel like that everybody has. And so um, we just really wanted to create an environment where the guests felt comfortable, where the stylist felt comfortable to grow, where there wasn't someone always breathing down their neck you know, because it's hard to do your best work when you're always constantly being critiqued. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really, I think, what sets us apart in a in a big uh, in a big way. We don't care if you're a homeless person walking in off the street, or you walk in with a you know, 15 karat diamond ring on your on your finger. Um, everybody deserves to be treated good. Yeah. And I think that's really, at least I hope, is what we've been able to to uh, create as our culture in our salon. Yeah. It's more of a family type environment. I know everybody says that they have a family in their in their in their salon or in their business. I really think we've uh, done a pretty good job in that, and I have to give a lot of credit to the people that we have working with us because uh, they are amazing people, yeah. and and they help create that environment. Yeah, we definitely try and foster that for our stylists because I, we feel like if we do that, then they will foster that for their guests they'll they'll be uh welcoming and friendly and kind to them um it, it's interesting because we worry about that as owners like are they enjoying it here you know yeah. and um they'll say to us from time time to time that uh you know it's it's so weird i don't feel like i'm coming into work i feel like i'm coming into fun like to have fun and that just seems so backwards for me to like actually have fun at work you know because they've had previous experiences um just in all industries yeah um and uh 
And to me, that that makes me so happy because that's what I want. And we'll see them, you know, post pictures. They're having like spend the nights at each other's houses and they're, you know, going out to support each other for, um, you know, what a competition or whatever that someone's in, uh, which is super cool. We try to do we do a lot of fun stuff as a salon. But to see that they're continuing that it's perpetuated, you know, it's just the best thing. Like it is just the best thing seeing them form the most relationships and and being happy where they end up is just everything to us. So we always feel good when our little TSB babies end up here. So um, (laughs) what can you tell us about your apprentice program here? If somebody's coming out of school, what can they expect coming into a salon like yours? How do you all set that up? Um, Well, again, it's all kind of set up through Summit Salon. And that's the beautiful thing about that program is that it takes a lot of guesswork out of how to actually um, set those kind of things up. Now, from the initial standpoint of opening, we were not a summit salon. And um, I guess about what? I guess it's been two years now. A year and a half, two years. A year and a half, two years. We've been a summit salon. And we'd already been to Summit Salon. We were running most of their practices already, but we did not have a Summit coach. Um, And so we brought a Summit coach in. We found uh, a guy that we just really clicked with. That was, uh, he's phenomenal. Um, I'll give him a plug. His name's Mike Carter. (laughs) He's amazing. And uh, that was a really defining moment in our salon because that's when we really solidified our programs, I think. And so coming in here as a... um, as an associate, we call them, you know, a lot of places are going to call them an assistant or a tech or something like that. We call them an associate, which means they're one and the same and working with that stylist. They are all, they are partners. They're partners like in, in doing this. And um, so when they first come on, we bring them on as a resident stylist. So we feel like they earned that, that degree in school. So they deserve to be called a stylist, right? Not a tech, not an assistant. And they work with all of our stylists in helping them, uh, you know, do shampoos, blow dries, helping keep up with the floor swept, laundry, stuff like that. And then they eventually graduate to being Jen's personal one-on-one associate. And so they're working with her all day, and they have their hands in her guest's hair. So Mm -hmm. she's weaving one side of the hair, they're weaving the other side of the hair. And it's just a phenomenal way for them to get some they're getting education all along the way through classes and through, you know, business, um, you know, one-on-ones and stuff. But when they really get working with Jen, that's when they start learning. Because they're learning from the master. I can say that right. about her. She is. And I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. She's good at everything she does. All right? If she wanted to build a house, she would have been better at it than me. No. That's That'll the truth. That'll be the next project. No. When you guys come to us and you're like, we're building a house. Yeah. You guys stop too much. So... No, yeah, she's amazing. And so they, they get to see how she is interacting with her guests. They get to see the questions that she's asking during a consultation. Uh, they get to see how she's, uh, you know, holding the hair when she's cutting it and how she's applying color. And that's just invaluable when they get to that point. Yeah. So um, kind of touching on that, you mentioned our education program because that lines up with, you know, they're in the salon uh, working with styles, working with guests, but there's um, continuing ed that happens also. Um, and we are, you know, little plugs that you threw out a plug, throw a plug for Tennessee School of Beauty. Um, we feel that they come to us very prepared and ready yeah. to, you know, move to that next level education. And, and um, they come to us willing to learn, which is a good sign that instructors are doing what they need to do to inspire that learning. Um, we actually, a lot of times we try to hire while they're still in school <clears throat> and we invite them in for classes and they actually will come in on their days off um, 
on their own, you know, which is awesome. So our education program is one of the areas when we first opened that I felt like I was weak. I felt like I knew, I, I know how to teach well. Um, I have taken instructor courses through academies all over the nation. Um, I've taken, taken high level classes, you know, outside of the country. But as far as having a structured program, how do I lay this out? How does it build? Um, I really had to focus hard, hard on that and do a lot of, uh, a lot of work. <laughs> just yeah. to be honest, just a lot of nose to the book and planning PowerPoints and planning, you know, um, I'm a very visual learner. So how am I going to teach those that are visual learners? How am I going to teach those that aren't visual learners to be able to teach um, all different people? Um, but the way that we have it set up right now, and I feel super happy with it, I have um, another stylist on the education team with me currently. Um, we do a eight-hour class the first Monday of every month, um, and that rotates. So we have an eight-hour color class. Um, and that includes theory and hands-on. We have an eight-hour cutting class, same thing, theory and hands-on. And then we have an eight-hour class that's broken up half and half with um, business and styling. And so um, every stylist comes on with us, no matter if they've worked in another salon before or comes straight out of school, is required to go to attend those three classes. Um, in addition to that, they have a uh, 24 weeks of assignments. And so I actually have it all laid out, um, the assignments for every week. Um, there will be a hands-on assignment, so it may be um, complete five base colors, and it can be on man mannequins or models, um, where we're looking for a proper application technique, timing, those kind of things. Um, they complete those videos, or they complete those projects by video, and they drop them to me, and so that way I can review them, um, pause it, look at things, you know, say, hey, you know, raise your elbow at this point so you don't get carpal tunnel or yeah. here's where you can position your color bowl so that your speed improves anything like that you know um which is i love doing it that way yeah. so they'll have a hands-on assignment each week and then they'll have a book assignment and we use the over the top book and that's more of the top uh top 20 practices um you know you've got your bottom 80 top 20 and the 80 20 rule applies to a lot of different areas but um, in our industry it's how to help them become a top 20 stylist and so they'll complete that workbook also so there's usually like 10 to 15 pages in that per week um, and so as soon as they start with us I input in that um, the sheet once again Excel I don't know how I live without it um, <laughs> but I input their start date and then it populates the um, assignment dates for all 24 weeks uh, those 24 weeks are broken into six-week segments. So they'll complete the first six weeks as an, a level A1, so associate one. And at the end of that six weeks, and we're, I'm signing off every week for them, at the end of that six weeks, they get a promotion to A2. So they get a small pay raise. They get a Starbucks gift card. They get a certificate Aww. to put at their station. We celebrate it. That is awesome. Yeah. And then um, they move on to the next six weeks, which is, you know, as level A2. Same thing. They complete those six weeks. We celebrate, we reward, we yeah. pay raise, those kind of things. And so that just kind of keeps them motivated to move through the program. And that way they know the day they start with us, they know that if you complete these assignments as scheduled, this is the day you'll finish this program. Yeah. And that way it's not me looking over them going, you didn't do this yet, you didn't do this yet. It's it's them. They're held accountable. I don't have to micromanage. Yeah. It's managing, they're managing themselves, um, which ultimately is what we want them to do in the salon with clients is manage themselves, yeah. you know. 
Um, so that's, that's kind of... This sounds incredible. Like, I feel... I'm a very structured person, yeah. so I love that. And if I was going into a salon, I'd want to know. That's one of the biggest questions or one of the things I hear a lot from students is, well, I don't want to be in an associate program forever. Right. I don't want to mm-hmm. be there a million years. Um, yeah. Trying to put the value on it um, is hard for them to understand. They're sick of eating ramen noodles. They're ready yeah. to make a million dollars. You right. know, like, out the gate, it's hard for them. Um, yeah. We talk about this all the time, and it's been on the podcast a few times, but just that... Um, um, getting out of school and watching that influencer or watching whatever, and you want to be there right now. Right. That's not realistically how it is. So I really right. love that you give them that breakdown of like, okay, we're going to get you there. Like, right. just stick with me. We'll get <laughs> you there. But it's getting them there and in, in that process. But seeing the value, having the classes, like I love all of that. I think that that's all so important. Thank you. So this this generation that is the, the ones that are going through school right now, the majority of them, um, you know, our ages, you know, they're coming out of high school. They're 18, 19. They're amazing. They are so smart. And that's the thing is, you know, we can either choose to be annoyed by them, which we hear a lot. Right. We hear, they get knocked a lot. Um, and we can laugh about it a little bit. But in all seriousness, they're brilliant. They want to know exactly how much of what by when mm-hmm. do I need to do to get to where I want to be, right? They want that laid out for them, and they deserve it. Yeah, They deserve to know that. Um, if we're going to consider ourselves a professional industry, which – we do, mm-hmm. then we need to act professional. There's nowhere else that you would go and and just as as a, an employer or employee and not have any growth plan laid out for you. Right. You wouldn't do that in a profession. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You would know. Here's how long you have. When doctors get out of school, they know, or when they're in school, they know how long they're having to do their residency. Mm-hmm. They know everything's laid out for them, and so we need to act as such as owners um, and give them that. Uh, and they also. Um, this generation appreciates the wonderful things in life. They don't want to work 60 hours a week, nose to the grindstone, not be able to enjoy anything that they've earned. Um, and so that's a beautiful thing too. Yeah. We're, we're learning to celebrate that. And how can we be more productive with the time they're here yeah. and then give them time to travel or to have a family, yeah. things like that. Well, I think it's awesome that you guys appreciate that. I mean, I definitely think the question of what separates you is, I mean, that's it right there. I mean, I think that that's not something that every salon's doing. Um, I think not only for what we know in Knoxville, but I think across the country, this is an issue that a lot of people are um, facing and trying to figure out what to do. So I think that's awesome. And um, Summit, obviously, is yeah, um, yeah. a great resource, too. Yeah, so, yeah, um, okay, so I want to play Would You Rather with you guys okay. for a little bit. <laughs> um, so I just have a couple questions. And it's always interesting, especially with, like, married couples, to see what the, like, the difference is. They're going to be totally opposite. Yes. <laughs> um, so would you rather travel back in time or go into the future? Hey. Yeah, going to the future for me. I, can I pick how far back in time? Yeah, totally. You can pick wherever you want to go. And it would just be like for a little while? Yeah. Okay, I travel back. Yeah? I travel back where my babies were little. Oh. I could snuggle them. I know. <laughs> I okay, know. that would just be weird. Uh, they, you know, they got like the young mom, and not that you're old now, but the old dirt no, mom now. You know, I wouldn't so. stay old. I yeah, would be young that's true. You'd get If to I travel back in the future, again. I'd be young again. Yeah, that's In true. my mind. Okay. <laughs> what would you do in the future? Yeah, where are you going? You know, uh, that's the Grandpa. thing is, <laughs> Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it honestly would be, you know, first off, I don't want to see where my kids end up, how things are going with them, um, and and to see where this uh, this beautiful salon company is is going to end up, and and you know, that's the thing is, we have a plan for that too. Yeah. We have a growth plan mm-hmm. of where we know where we want to be. Uh, 
you know, several there's years a spreadsheet. from now. There's an Excel spreadsheet somewhere. Oh, yeah. there's, probably... there's probably an Excel spreadsheet somewhere for that. This is where we will be. Exactly. And, uh, but the thing that we know for us to get there is that we, uh, we need to grow the people that we have with us right now and these new people that we have coming out of school. We need to, we need to be able to grow them because we ultimately can't succeed if they don't succeed. Yeah. So. Well, good. Okay, would you rather be able to read minds or be able to fly? Oh, I don't think I know. I mean, reading mine sounds good at first, but then I'm like, but wait, then you'd hear all the negative and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want that. So you're flying. I'll fly. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, yeah. Imagine where I could go, you know, like in a flash. I'd be like, I want to go visit someone, you know, out of state. Okay. I'm definitely flying. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because I mean, the last name Mike Yeager, I don't know if anyone out there knows who Chuck Yeager is. Um, related to him. He's the first, he was a World War II ace. First off, he flew in World War II, and then he's the first man to break the sound barrier in a jet. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so, so like aviation's in our blood. <laughs> my dad's a pilot. My uncle's a pilot. My cousin's <laughs> a pilot. I probably would have been a pilot if I didn't get in the salon industry, you know. So I <laughs> okay. love flying. Okay. No. Uh, the air is coming next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Cut hair while you're flying. That's actually yeah. not a bad idea because a lot That'd of be people fun. spend a lot of time on the plane. You're like doing nothing. I actually would be on turbulence would be an issue. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone's buckled in. Which is good. <laughs> All right, so what is one piece of advice um, that you would give to somebody that's in beauty school or someone that's thinking about going into this industry? One piece of advice. Um, Goodness, that's a big question. Uh, Is there something that you wish that you knew? I'll start. I'll start. Um, My biggest piece of advice would be to, to start setting goals now. Don't wait until you get out of school. Know what you want and go after it. You know, I mean, if you want to work in a high-end salon, then find the high-end salon that you're most comfortable in and go after it, right? And know where you want to end up five years from now, 10 years from now. And and then get in touch with those people that can help you get there. Yeah, that's such good advice. Yeah, and I think we're really lucky for the relationships that our students get to have with salons because not only do we have so many salons to get back, but um, you all make it so easy to be like, come spend the day. We want to know you too. You know, it goes both ways. You know, I think it's not just finding a fit for you. It's the salon finding a fit in in you and all of that stuff. I think that those those connections are important. Before you're even out of school, you don't have to wait, you know, like make Mm -hmm. those connections early. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. Oh, God. Hey. You did it. That was perfect. That is the first time I've ever heard you and draw a blank and not, and, not, and not, like, have something to say. We have it on tape. It's recorded. Um, I think there was, like, 50 things to say, and I was like, I had to pick. I can't pick one. So where can we follow you at? Where can we um, watch Salon Yeager? So we try to, um, you know, stay really active on social media. So Salon Yeager Knoxville is our handle for Instagram and Facebook. Um we pop some videos up on there too, and we're working on a YouTube channel with some you know, oh, tutorials. Cool. So we've got some things loaded on there yet, but um, yeah. you know, working on building that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, SalonJager.com um, is our website, and it's like cool. Awesome. Well, I'll go follow you right now. So thank you all so much for being with us today. Um, Thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at TennesseeSchoolofBeauty.com. Follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to follow me. It's Beauty School Bobby. Visit our website, uh, BeautySchoolBobby.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. So thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks.